So, as Mark and as Pastor Mark and Laura pointed out, we are starting a brand new series today on Jonah. And uh, many of you are familiar with the story. Those of you here, those of you watching online, you are familiar with the story. And I hope you also are familiar enough with it to know this is more than just a fish tale. That really this is a story that ultimately will help you understand God's will, God's best for your life. Uh, actually, I think as we work through this four-week series, uh, I think you'll discover some similarities between you and Jonah, uh, like the fact that there are times like Jonah when you may disagree with God's will, or times when you may just fight tooth and nail against what God wants you to do, and while it is true you may not end up in the belly of a whale, uh, you do happen to um, end up reliving that same pain and regret again and again, and who wants that, right? So today, the, we're going to start this series, and the goal of the series is to simply help us to recognize God's will and, and to look for ways by which we can align our lives to live within God's will so that we can enjoy his best, his blessing. Now, so you know, for the record, Jonah is a book in the Old Testament. Uh, it has four chapters, and we're going to cover one chapter for these, each week for these four weeks. Uh, and each week, we're going to just uh, start with a little overview of, of Jonah and that particular chapter. And today, I want to start by, with a little overview of who Jonah was and chapter one. So, for example, first, Jonah was a prophet. The job of a prophet was to speak God's will to the people and to warn the people if they were disobeying God's will so as to get them back on track spiritually. Now today we have, of course, the Bible, we have the Holy Spirit, and we have other Christians, uh, but back then that was the job of the prophet. Uh, now Jonah was a prophet during the reign of a guy by the name of King Jeroboam II. And the reason why I shared that juicy bit of information and trivia to you is because I want you to understand Jonah was an actual historical figure. And I share that because there are people who don't necessarily think that the, that the story of Jonah is a real-life story. It's a made-up fairy tale. That, you know, it's a good story, it teaches an important moral lesson, but it's a little too weird to be true. And that's just not the case. Jonah really existed. Uh, he's mentioned elsewhere in the Old Testament, and even Jesus mentions him in the gospel. A second thing about the story of Jonah is that it is a story of wisdom and foolishness. Right, so the book of Jonah, in the book of Jonah, you learn the wisdom of listening to God and to his voice and the blessings that flow when that happens. But also the pain that comes when you foolishly disregard God's will and live outside of his will for your life. Along with that, let me just share some details about chapter 1. Number one, and we've already heard this, but God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Now, here's why this is a big deal. Jonah was an Israelite. Nineveh was one of Assyria's capital cities, and they were sworn enemies of the Israelites. So Jonah doesn't want to go. To Jonah doesn't want to go to Nineveh. Jonah wants God to destroy Nineveh and blot it off the face of the planet. All right? He, he, he does not want what God wants. And there are times when God's will isn't what we want either. But we just need to keep in mind that, like it or not, it is still God's will. 
Second fact that we learned from chapter one is that instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah went in the opposite direction. Like Laura just showed you with the, the arrow, right? Jonah was told to go east by land to Nineveh. Jonah instead went west by sea to a city called Tarshish. Tarshish was a city on the edge of the known world back then. But the point is that, is, is that Jonah did the exact opposite of what God wanted him to do. And we do the same thing. We do the exact opposite of what God wants us to do. And sometimes we you know, meander a little bit off track. Sometimes we're not even close. But we just need to understand, when we step outside of God's will, it's still disobedience. Even if it's just a little bit, it's still wrong. Third, third thing that we're going to learn in chapter 1 is that God sends a storm to stop Jonah. Okay, and this is a hurricane force storm. This is a storm that has the sailors on that ship so scared they don't think they're going to survive. This is a terrible storm. And, and yet it's amazing what Jonah does in the midst of all this chaos. It just, it blows my mind. Look at this. In verse 5, it says, All the sailors were afraid, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone down, had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Quick quiz. In the midst of all this terrible raging storm, what is Jonah doing? <laughs> He's taking a nap. How nuts is that? Did you ever just think about that? I mean, how do you even sleep? In, but he, he is completely oblivious to what's going on around him. And, and here's why I share this. Because sometimes we are oblivious to the impact our sin can cause upon our lives and the lives of other people around us. Huh. Eventually, Jonah does share, uh, he spills the beans and he shares with the sailors that it's his fault that this storm is happening, that God sent the storm because of his disobedience and that they should throw him overboard and they do and the storm stops. But that leads me to this final fact from Jonah chapter one, God provides a great fish to swallow Jonah. Now we don't really know what kind of a fish this was. We don't know if it was a whale, it doesn't matter. Really, it just doesn't matter. What matters is that Jonah was going against God's will and God orchestrated things in such a way as to get Jonah turned around and put back on the right track again. And then chapter, ends, uh, chapter one ends with Jonah in the belly of the whale. Now, if you are a sinful human being like me, and you are, then I think you will agree that there are times when you, like Jonah, want to run away from what you know God wants you to do. And again, you may not end up in the belly of a whale, but your life may end up all dark and stinky, and that's not fun either. So in the time that I got left with you, what I'd like to do is just share some truths that we can pull out of this first chapter of Jonah, some truths to help you understand God's will and why it is that we fight against it, sometimes tooth and nail. Why is that? And, and, and to look at those so that we can, by God's grace, stay on track with his will. All right? So truth number one is just to simply acknowledge that God does have a plan and a will for your life. God has a plan for you, and it is a perfect plan. It is the perfect plan. And God wants you to live out his plan for your life because, like Jonah, you are just one piece in God's bigger story. 
Look at this, verses 1 and 2, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. So that was God's plan. And it was a perfect plan. But Jonah doesn't like God's perfect plan. So Jonah comes up with his own plan and sails away. And we're like, oh, Jonah, that shame on you. But you know what? We do the same thing. God says, here's my perfect will for your life. It is the best plan for your life. And while we may not come right out and say these words, in our minds we're thinking, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, God. I don't trust your plan enough to want to follow it. Actually, I think I have a better plan, and I'm going to follow that instead. And we do this all the time. We say, oh, you know, God, I know it is your will to marry somebody who is a believer, somebody who loves you as much as I do, but I don't trust you enough to wait for that person to come into my life, so I'm going to follow my will and not your will. Or, Or we say, oh, yeah, Lord, I know you want me to tithe and be generous, but I don't trust you enough with my money, so I'm going to follow my will and not your will. Or, Lord, yeah, I know that my career, my job is just wreaking havoc on my family and and is just destroying my spiritual walk with you and that I should change jobs. But, boy, that's risky, Lord. And I don't trust you enough to get me the right job. So I'm going to follow my will and not your will. On and on it goes. And, And it happens because we don't see God's plan. If we could see, God's plan far exceeds our wildest dreams. And honestly, I would argue, if we could see God's plan, if we could see his plan from his perspective, from his point of view, we would choose it every single time. We would. If we could see God's plan from his point of view, we'd say, wow, God, that is a good plan. That is the best plan. I agree. You're right. We would do that. Psalm 32, verse 8, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. When you follow God's plan for your life, you will experience God's best for your life every single time. When you fight against God's will, though, and you go in the opposite direction, you're just inviting all kinds of unnecessary pain and regret into your life. So just when it comes to understanding God's will, recognize this truth. God has a plan for you, a will for you, for your life, and it is the best plan. Second truth is, that, is just to admit that you constantly fight against God's will. Because you are a, hu- a sinful human being, you are always going to push back on God's plan for your life. You just do. You just, it's just part of your sinful human nature. Imagine God's will like a target, okay? Big target. And his desire is for you to aim for that target as you live out your life, right? Sometimes we, however, you know, we're aiming for that target we miss. Sometimes, though, we're like Jonah, and we're not even aiming. We're aiming in the opposite direction. Look at what happens here in verse 3. It says, Jonah went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. What was Jonah doing? He was fighting against God's will, wasn't he? And we do, too. And again, I think it's really it's because we don't see things from God's perspective. It's kind of like when my kids, who are grown adults now, when they were three or four, they didn't always want to hold my hand when we were crossing the street or walking through a busy parking lot, right? They would fight against that because they wanted to run. They wanted to be free. But I held on to those little hands 
because I knew they didn't, they lacked my perspective, right? They could not see the dangers of these other cars or even the potential of people not paying attention. We lack God's perspective because we are sinful human beings. Romans 3 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, so, so because all of us are sinners, we, we are blinded to God's plan. And we also reject God's plan, God's best for us. God, we know God's will is to reconcile a relationship that has been damaged or to demonstrate integrity in the workplace. And, and in our minds, we're like, you know, that's a lousy plan, Lord. I, I, this person's being a jerk and really they should apologize first. Or, you know, Lord, why should I bust my buttons and act, you know, with integrity at work when nobody else is doing that? And so instead of going to Nineveh, we say, nope, going to Tarshish. And that happens. And I just want you to understand when that happens, okay? If you don't align your life and live within God's will, you're going to miss out on God's best for your life. So that might mean for a lot of us, the first step is just confessing our disobedience to God, right? And asking him for his forgiveness. And trusting that Jesus, who, by the way, did align his life perfectly to God's will, went, came here, went to the cross, and paid for, our, for all of our sins. All right? And not just the sins where we, you know, slightly were off target with, you know, shooting for God's will, but also those times when we weren't even in the same state, you know, in the same direction. For all of those Jesus died, and we give thanks for that. But that's, that's the first step. Confess your disobedience and trust that through Jesus' death, your sins, your guilt is washed away. And that leads me to truth number three. Recognize God's desire to redirect you back toward his will. God, again, has the best plan in mind for you. And it's a plan that is filled with his blessings. But God is not going to force his will upon you. However, if he sees you going off the rails a little bit, he is going to do everything he can to kind of wave you down, get your attention, say, whoa, whoa, stop, you know, to kind of redirect you back onto the, 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 the path that he wants you to go. Because his desire is to bless you, and get this, bless others through you, right? That's, that's his plan. That's what he wanted to do with Jonah. So he needed to turn Jonah around. He needed to redirect him. How does he do that? Verse 4. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. God needed to get Jonah's attention, so he sent a storm, and that got his attention. Jonah still needed God's attention, apparently, so God sent a fish to swallow him. That definitely got Jonah's attention. And again, God does this not because he's mad at Jonah. He's not, you know, he doesn't want to punish Jonah. It's because he loved Jonah, and he wanted to he wanted Jonah to fulfill his plan, God's plan for his life. And, and, and I guess I just want you to realize that when you, when you run in the opposite direction of God's will like Jonah, just understand God is going to be at work trying to redirect you. He's constant because he loves you. He's going to be constantly trying to redirect you back onto the, the path of his will. And there are a variety of ways by which God will do that. One way is just through what we'll call predicaments. Okay, predicaments are those situations that kind of pop up unexpectedly and, and they just happen, but they kind of shake you awake and get you to realize, oh, something's not right. Maybe I need to pay attention to what's going on. And God will use that to redirect you back onto his, his path, back into his will. 
God used a storm, right, to, for the case of Jonah. For you, it might be an overwhelming sense of stress. Or it might be an unexpected failure. Or it might be just a health-related issue that just pops up. I don't know. But just understand, God uses predicaments to, kinda, to, to redirect you back to his will. A second thing that God will use would be people. God uses the people in your life to help turn you around. He used the sailors you know, to point Jonah back toward God's will. Look at this. In verses 11 and 12, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So the sailors asked Jonah, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, Jonah replied, and it will become calm. Now, to their credit, the sailors tried every other avenue to, to save themselves and the ship, but eventually they ran out of options. And so, as it says in verse 15, they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. Now, the point that I want you to capture here is that it matters which people you listen to for advice or guidance or direction. Right? And if you have godly people who are going to care about you and want God's best for you and are going to help redirect you back into God's will, thank God for those people. Seriously. Because God does use people to redirect you back toward his will. A third thing that God uses is prayer. Now, this is kind of an obvious one. You would think this would be the first option, right? I want to redirect myself back into God's will. I'm going to pray about it. Well, here's the problem. Sometimes that doesn't always happen because like Jonas, sometimes we don't want to hear God's answer, right? We know God's will. We just don't like it. But you got to realize that as long as you stay in that mode, that pain, that regret's going to linger. And, and you're, you're, just, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to get back into alignment with God's will. So certainly use prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to help you redirect your life back into alignment with God's will. All right, fourth thing that God uses, and we don't like this at all, but he will sometimes allow pain to capture your attention. You know, in, in Jonah's case, he, the, the, um, he, he had Jonah thrown overboard into a raging ocean, and they got swallowed by this, this great fish. And, and, and again, that, that could not have been a fun time inside the belly of a fish. We'll talk more about that next week. But Jonah, you know, Jonah's like, I'm going this way on a boat. And God says, oh, no, you're going that way in a fish. I love this story. It's a great story. But, the, but you know, God's love, God's love for, for Jonah and for the people of Nineveh, for you, okay, for you watching at home, for, for, for me, for everybody everywhere, it's just too big for him to give up, for him to shrug his shoulders and say, oh, well, I tried. No, God's love never quits. And we know that, don't we? Because God sent his son Jesus who experienced the very real pain of crucifixion and a bloodstained cross so that we could be forgiven and, and saved from the punishment we deserve. Thanks be to God. I mean, that's how much we matter to, to God. So yes, sometimes if God wants to put us back onto the path of his will, sometimes he will allow pain to help move us back onto track. But that leads me to the fourth truth that I want us to understand today. And the fourth truth is that we should trust in God's grace as he returns you to his will. Trust in God's grace. If you've just stepped a little bit out of line with God's, God's will for your life, or if you've, you know, you're running full speed the opposite direction, trust that God's grace is flowing. 
okay? And it's, and it's moving, and it's at work trying to get you back into alignment with God's will. And, and, and that's, that should be very comforting. It should be very comforting for you, okay? Because, again, you may not be in the belly of a whale, but right now your life may be dark and stinky, and it may hurt. But in those moments, trust God's grace is working, okay? Loving you, restoring you, returning you. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. It is God's desire to keep you in alignment with his will, to keep your path straight. Why? So that you can enjoy his blessings and so that he can use you to bless others. So trust that God's grace is at work. It's just, it's at work. And talk about God's grace. 2,000 years ago, the world witnessed God's grace at work, right? When Jesus came to this earth and was crucified and then buried, he was in the tomb three days, right? Sound familiar? Guess how long Jonah was in the belly of a whale? Anybody know? Three days, three nights, yes. Coincidence? I think not. Jesus, Jonah foreshadowed what happened to Jesus, the difference, though, of course, is Jesus came out of the tomb under his own victorious power and proclaimed forgiveness and eternal life to all who would look to him in faith. Well, oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, I, I don't know where you are at right now in your life with God's will. I don't know if you are running as fast as you can and as far away as you can from God's will. All I know is this. God never stopped loving Jonah. And he won't stop loving you either. His grace will continue to just work and work and move and flow. So let me close with a, uh, a couple of challenges for you this week, okay? Challenge number one, stay connected with God so as to stay on track with his will. Just last week, we wrapped up the red letter challenge, and the first of those five principles was the principle of being, right? So take time to be in God's word in prayer. Take time to be in his presence because the more you are, the more time you spend being in his presence connected to him, the more you will stay in alignment. The easier it'll be for you to stay in alignment with God's will. Second, remember that you lack God's perspective. You might have a really good idea, okay, but if it goes against what God's plan is for your life, warning, Will Robinson, that's probably a bad idea. Trust God's plan. Remember, you don't have his perspective. You don't have his point of view. You have to trust that God, who loves you and proved it in Jesus, has a plan that is far better than anything you could dream up. So trust him. And then the, the third thing, be alert to the ways that God may be using to redirect you. Because when you get off track, it's very subtle. I mean, sometimes you, you, you're like, yep, nope, I'm going this way. But more often than not, it's just this little, these little steps, these little baby steps so, if, you know, if there are these flags, because there's this, you know, this predicament, or there's this pain, or these people that God has placed all of a sudden in your life, let those things start, you know, moving the gears in your brain to realize, oh, I might be off track a little bit. And thank God for that. Again, I don't know where you're at in your life, but I do pray that over these next couple of weeks, God will bless this series. Okay, my prayer is that God would bless this series so that we would recognize and understand God's will, recognize that it is a good will, a, it's the best plan for us, and that God uses us to bless others. But that more than anything, my prayer is that as we work through these next four weeks together, 
we would actively seek out God's will and seek to live in alignment with it so that us and others can enjoy God's very best for our life. Amen? All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we know that you love us and have a plan for our life. Forgive us for the times when we've run away from you and your will. Forgive us. Thank you for your grace, though, that never ends, your forgiveness that continues to flow in Jesus. Thank you for the lessons that we've learned today and that we're going to be learning over these next couple of weeks. Lord God, may we take this wisdom and apply it to our own lives so that we might enjoy your blessing and become a blessing to others. We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.